What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Just Your Boy Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, uh, and you are by Mr. William Monroe. How you doing, Will? How was your uh, week two? Pretty good. Um, mixed bag. I've got a couple that may be coming down here to tonight, but overall, I think I'm going to be about five and two here this week. So another pretty good week in the uh, fantasy realm here. Not so much in the real football world, though. I don't know if you watched that game uh, yesterday as well, uh, our Niners and Eagles. Uh, I did not. I was out uh, pretty much the entire day, Um, so I did not. It was pretty low scoring. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was definitely an old school kind of knock them down. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, there there are questions out of week one of whether the Philly defense was actually good in in stopping Atlanta or if it was an Atlanta problem, and, uh, you know, the, they stopped the 49ers. I mean, not enough to win, but you know, mm-hmm. 17 points isn't a, a big number. So it does seem like the Philly defense is uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. They, I think the Niners had their, their two touchdown drives. Both came very long. They were both 90-yard touchdown drives, but they didn't do anything other than that. So definitely is reassuring, as you said, to, to see the you know, see that defense playing well against a good team. But I think it's probably a combination because we also saw the Atlanta team not look very good again against another good team in Tampa. So could be a combination, but you know, two weeks in, you're starting to see some trends. You're starting to be able to shape some opinions about how these units, offense and defense on each team actually are. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next week, you know, once you get three weeks, you know, we really start, you know, the trend starts solidifying. So this next week is mm-hmm. going to be a big one. Um, but, uh, before that week, we got some waivers to go through. You ready to, uh, start busting through them? Yeah, we can run through some waivers here. If, uh, go through kind of some guys that are owned below 60% or right around there and kind of what their matchups look like here. And if it's someone that we think, um, should be picked up. Yeah. So, uh, first on our list, we're going through some running backs. Uh, James White had a big game. Uh, he's about 42% owned. He's got New Orleans this week. Are you interested in James White at all? I am. I've actually, he was one of the guys I drafted in a lot of leagues as like my fifth or sixth running back and kind of always see him as that good PPR option. So if you're in any of that PPR, he's got some floor, but he always just seems like a fairly safe option to have in case you have injuries ahead. You can kind of plug him in. Um, in our scoring, half of PPR, he had, looks like, 10 touches for 9.1 fantasy points in week one. Uh, and then here this week, he had another 11 touches for 15 and a half fancy points. So, got in the end zone, that's really what it's going to be. But I think you're going to be hoping for that, you know, 7 to 12 range when it comes to scoring if you don't get a touchdown out of him. Yeah, and he's someone you probably don't have to pay a whole lot for. If he's out mm-hmm. there in your league, he's just always that kind of undervalued guy. You know, people are going to be focusing on, you know, the, the Pattersons, you know, Sony, Michael Carter, you know, that kind of group. Uh, and he'll go under the radar and, and maybe go for, you know, 5% of your budget. Maybe he doesn't cost a lot. Um, so yeah, he's a, a pretty good buy this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, Sony, you mentioned there, I think he'll probably be one of the hotter buys. Saw his carry count go up from one attempt in week one to 10 in week two. Does have a tough matchup against Tampa, but 10 for 46 was a encouraging showing. Um, 60% owned, so may not be out there everywhere. What do you, what do you think about Sony? 
so he is a tough one. I mean, it's going to depend on the Henderson injury because I don't think they've given a time frame on that yet. Um, unless I've missed something. Have you seen I a time frame? I think so. No, I know he left. I think it was the fourth quarter didn't come back. So obviously if that's going to be an extended injury, you know, if we know he's out this week or beyond, um, probably shoots up where you're, what you'd bid for him. So there's a chance he could be the top claim, I think, of the week should we get more clarification on Henderson's injury. But even so, I think he's still someone that, you know, you, you, what am I adding? Even if Henderson does look like he's going to go because he's got that chance to step in and at the very least get a timeshare, if not potentially take over a backfield at some point. Yeah. And Henderson gets hurt a lot. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's starting to get used eventually. Um, now, you know, this week, if Henderson's out, that is worrisome. You got Tampa Bay. That, that's not the easiest of matchups. Um, Arizona after that. Not the best, not the worst. Um, Seattle Giants, Detroit, Houston. He has a pretty good stretch eventually. Whether Henderson will be back by then or not, who knows, or back again and then back out. You never know. Uh, so, yeah, he's an interesting player. Um, I don't I don't know what I would bid for him, to be honest with you. I, I, he's probably going to command, command, what, somewhere 13, 15, 16, 17%, something like that. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably looking at around there. If you really need a running back and you find out that Henderson's out for a while, you're probably going to be increasing that. But I think that's a, a safe bet to have now. And then just make sure you monitor that Henderson news as that could definitely change the bid for him. Okay, cool. Uh, next up, Michael Carter. Uh, finally had a pretty good week. Uh, finally, it's only been two weeks, but <laughs> yeah. uh, had a good week. Um, Rostered about 50% of leagues. He's got Denver this week. What do you think about Carter there? Yeah, another guy who saw his carry and, and touches increase. He only had, I believe, four carries and one catch on two targets in week one. That bumped up to 11 carries, two catches on three targets in week two. So we saw his usage go up. Even in you know pretty negative game script, they lost 20, 25-6. Uh, but he had over five yards of carry on 11 carries and you know almost 15 yards of catch. So he's seeing pretty good numbers when it comes to what you're looking for average there. And his touches now up to 13 is decent. I mean, if it, it came away with, I think, 9.8 in our league, half, half point PPR scoring. So if he somehow got in the end zone, you would have been thrilled with the week. But 10 isn't bad. So he's definitely someone I think you could add to the back of your roster. Maybe you don't want to play him right away, um, but he's someone that if the usage continues, I think you can play a guy that's going to see 10 to 15 touches. So maybe a risk to see, you know, to guarantee to, to play him this week. So we're not sure, but if you want to go with the trends, he's not a bad play. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, tied to the Jets offense, ideally it improves. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. to go south from where they're at. So, you know, yeah, ideally, against New England, that's probably going to be one of the worst games that you'll see for a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So hopefully it gets better um, here and out for him. Uh, I'm going to lump these two together, Will, because they, well, technically they're both the, the second string. I think that's probably debatable for Patterson, but we got Tony Pollard and uh, Patterson both had a really good weeks. Um, Patterson, depending on your format, could be a wide receiver. He could be both a wide yeah. receiver and a running back. Um, so it's going to depend there. So he's got that interesting, you know, an extra uh, level to the strategy involved around him. But what do you think of these two guys? Yeah, both guys, I think that at this point should be rostered. I mean, a lot of people probably had Pollard rostered as a handcuff if you have Zeke or even just a guy to throw on your 
bench and see what happens. You know, should Zeke get hurt, you've already got him. You don't have to spend a bunch of your fab or your top waiver claim. But Pollard's an example kind of of, you know, if you with the workload that Carter got, it's pretty similar to what Pollard got, but he was able to turn it into a lot more. 13 carries for 109 yards, gets in the end zone, three catches for 30 yards. Um, he, he looks like a beast, had a great game. Uh, home game against the Eagles this week on a Monday night football could be a little more difficult, but maybe that's a game where they have to throw the ball tough. You know, you kind of throw the matchups out, you know, throw the records out when you're playing a division game. So it's a pretty interesting matchup with Eagles offense, you know, has been mediocre, you know, had a couple big game, big plays, but has stalled. The Cowboys defense has been pretty bad. And then, a great Cowboys offense, which versus what we imagine is a great, or uh, we're seeing as a very good to great Eagles defense this year. It's going to be interesting to see. I think he's a guy that I don't know that I'm thrilled to play just because you don't know what you're going to get, but I think he's absolutely got to be rostered. Yeah, I think you could definitely say that about Pollard. He's going to have these games where he just has standalone crazy mm-hmm. value in, in games like last week where he just looked fine. You know, he's going to bounce around. Patterson, you know, last week I said I wasn't super interested. I'm definitely more interested now. Uh, two yeah, weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. That's a pretty big deal. So I, I think I'd be willing to pay quite a bit for him. Um, 20 plus percent, I, I think. Um, Pollard probably, you eh, Pollard stuff. Um, you'd probably have to go, mm. with me, eh, probably same range for top Pollard, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, there's probably higher ceiling for Pollard. So you may have someone bidding on the ceiling and saying, all right, I'm, I'm going to go get him. And, you know, I'm keeping him the whole year in, in hopes that there's an injury ahead of him. Uh, I could see someone spending up more for Pollard maybe, but I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see. Uh, any other running backs you, you're you looking at here, Will, want to discuss? Um, I, I think McKissick is an interesting one. It may, may be forgotten because he was Thursday. It seems so long ago, but came down with five catches for 83 yards. Another four carries for ten yards and a touchdown. I can see him just with the points being a hot net waiver ad. Uh, Buffalo is a tough matchup this week. You imagine Gibson's going to get back into the swing of things. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think McKissick has to be added in most leagues, but with Gibson there, it's going to have pretty limited upside. Um, now I didn't see anything about a Gibson injury. Did, did you? I know he was off the field at the end of the game, but I, did, I didn't hear anything officially with yeah, the injury. I think he's okay. Yeah. Um, Kenny Gamewell, decent. You know, he seems to be getting the carries. I don't think you're going to play him, but someone that I think needs to be rostered. And Zach Moss comes back, uh, actually active this week. Gets in the end zone, has some carries. So I think a couple of guys that can be added. You're not going to play, but not bad stashes. Um, any thoughts on the San Francisco backfield with a couple of guys coming in to visit there, I believe? Lamar Miller and Duke Johnson, Steve. Any yeah. insights? Any insider uh, in well, for us? No, I, I think it's. <laughs> I think Mitchell's still the one you want. I mean, obviously, yeah. you got to watch the injury, um, but I think he's still the guy um, that you'd want to start again. You know, a tough matchup against Philly, apparently. Um, but you know, as long as he's okay, I, I think he's fine. Um, after that, I don't know who you would gamble with. Um, you know, Hasty also got hurt, so I mean. If he's fine, he's the guy. But if not, then, you know, it's not going to be Trey Sermon. He got the concussion. And then Lamar Miller, I mean, carry on. Who? I don't know. Like, I guess yeah. I take my shot on carry on because he's younger. Um, 
or maybe it's Duke because he he gets the pass catching role. You know, I who knows? I, I if it's not Elijah Mitchell and you know Hasty or Hasty, then I'm not rolling the dice on any of them. Well, that wraps up running backs. And I think you probably wait on those San Fran guys and see what happens. I mean, if you're end of the roster spot and you want to throw someone on there, but I wouldn't have super high anticipations until we know what's going on. Let's flip over receivers here. Um, a hot one that I think probably not rostered in most and, and slightly above our uh, our usual stipulations here. But Michael Pittman, sixty one percent owned. I've got him, you know, in our in our work league here. I've had him on the bench, uh, but he came up with a huge game: twelve targets, eight catches, one hundred twenty three yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but that and then in a half or a full PPR will definitely get it done and showed out. Now some questions maybe with Carson. Wentz apparently having two sprained ankles. Did you hear that? I did. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's ridiculous. We got two Colts on here because we got Pascal. Uh, that's much less owned out at sixteen percent. So we got we got two Colts there, and I can easily say I'm not interested in either of them given you know the Wentz injury. I mean, if you yeah. got if you got a spot and you want to take and you can uh, you can afford to wait long term on somebody, I would grab Pittman. Because you know, yeah. you know, depending on you know, the Wentz injury, if he's out for a few weeks and he's back, then Pittman's a good play. But uh, I'm not playing either of them if Wentz isn't playing. Yeah, I mean Pittman's someone that I don't wouldn't want to play, but I think he is getting to the point where he's just a talented player. So as long as he can get a few targets, he's going to put something together. Uh, but yeah, I mean, without the offense humming and, and Wentz, I don't think you could play Pascal. Um, any other players here? We got Sean Shepard. I was a huge fan of him. He's got a good matchup against Atlanta, and he seems to just consistently be one of the more, con- or I guess we one of the more consistent targets here on the team. What do you think about Sean Shepard? Yeah, I mean, you're not excited about him. I think you have to roster him at this point. Um, yeah. Two good weeks in a row. He seems like, you know, the number one guy for Daniel Jones, and, you know, an offense is probably going to be playing from behind. So yeah, yeah I, I think getting he's, targets. Yeah, he's worth owning. Um, uh, we got a lot of kind of the normal guys. Um, you know, Rondell Moore has piqued my interest. That's two good weeks in a yeah. row for him. Um, I got a bad feeling the Arizona situation. I mean, the offense is definitely leveled up, but it's gonna eventually morph into this Tampa Bay Carolina thing where it's going to be Hopkins and Kirk or Hopkins and Rondell. Like you can't rely mm-hmm. on Kirk and Rondell uh, and more hitting big plays every single week. You know, there's going to be some downers in there, um, but I, I think he should be owned. He's probably the, uh, no, Henry Ruggs is probably more interesting to me, I think. Um, but Moore's probably a close second, just because Ruggs has the the opportunity to be the number one wide receiver for his team. That's not going to happen for Moore. Number two, probably. Right? We we all know Waller's really going to yeah, win yeah, there. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I get what you mean. I I, I just don't trust Ruggs because I just don't think he's going to get the volume. He had seven targets, you know, one hundred and fifteen, and and one of them was a deep ball. So without that, and and that's really what you're banking on, Ruggs. But without that. You're you're hoping that you're hoping for big plays because I don't think you're going to see a ton of volume there. So uh, I think Hardman's probably another guy here that it's interesting to me. You imagine his you know yards per catch is going to be super high, but he came down with just five catches for 55 yards, so a little on the lower side. But it's almost almost reassuring to see that he can have a stat line that's not two for 80. <laughs> yeah, so true. I think Terry Kill definitely got bottled up. 
and you saw them have to go to other players outside of Kelsey. And I think Hardman's someone that I wouldn't mind rostering them on the bench. And then, you know, if you need just an upside shot at one of your flex, you put him in and hopefully he scores. But he seems like he's at least being worked in a little more consistently with, with target count. Yeah, he's interesting. And like you said, Tyreek got bottled up. I mean, that's kind of your counterpoint is Tyreek's not going to get bottled up too often and and that's going to hurt him. But yeah, he's not a bad shot. And he's always been a a guy where you could take a shot on if need be and he'll catch a bomb. Like you said, you know, he's showing a little bit more now. So maybe he's leveling up. Maybe it was a one week thing. So Mm -hmm. you have to take your shot and and just uh, uh, decide what you believe, I guess. Yeah. Uh, With that said, we'll move on here to tight ends. Got a couple of options. Um, that could be interesting here. Max Williams, 0% owned, but he came up with some big targets. As you mentioned, that Tampa potential with the offense there in Arizona. Um, but he's someone that, you know, I think if you're playing the waiver tight end, hoping for upside, hoping for a touchdown, you could do worse than Max Williams. Seven targets, seven catches, 94 yards. Now, he didn't have a one target for nothing the first week, so you do have dud option there as well. With an offense like Arizona, he's not a bad, you know, kind of gamble if you are just trying to gamble in the tight end position. Yeah, yeah, he's not a bad streaming option. I'm, you know, of the options here, he's probably third on my list. Yeah. I have. Um, we got Jack Doyle here. I, he's going to fall in the same category for me <laughs> as I put the other Colts yeah. earlier. You know, it's just going to depend on Wentz. What do you? What do you is, are you thinking the same or? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I probably go Williams over Doyle, but yeah, the other two that we'll touch base on here, I think, are a little bit more attractive when it comes to guys you are interested in playing. Yeah, so we have Jared Cook. Um, another good week, looking good. Offense is looking good. Uh, only forty three percent owned. He's got Kansas City, so that's got some shootout potential to it. Uh, I'd be very interested in adding Jared Cook at this point, especially you know yeah. if you've been streaming. He looks like a guy that can end your streaming, and you could just plug him in every week. Yeah, this could be a week you actually get him too, because I mean it was okay. He had five targets, three catches, twenty-eight yards, so only came out of four point three and a half points. And maybe someone is thinking, oh, eight first week, four and a half this week. I don't, I don't want to risk it with him. I'm going to go take a shot on Hooper or somebody else. He may be someone that gets dropped in a streaming. Got a pretty good matchup here against Kansas City from, you know, just what the game script's going to look like. So Cook is someone that I'd be interested in if I'm streaming. And then we got Austin Hooper. Um, someone's got to catch the ball in Cleveland. And uh, if all these guys keep getting hurt, I mean, he, he seems yeah. like a prime candidate. Only 40% owned. Landry out. Yeah, Landry. I mean, who knows what's going on with OBJ. I don't think Donovan Peoples-Jones or uh, Schwartz did anything this week. Yeah, I could be mistaken there. Nothing. I don't think anything spectacular. Yeah, so like something that stands out. Hooper's like the veteran of the team somehow. <laughs> Only been there two years. Yeah. I mean, he is a reliable guy. We've seen some good stuff from him before. Not so much in Cleveland, but you know, mm. someone's got to catch the ball. So he is. A, if you're streaming, I think he's a pretty good shot. Do you agree? Yeah. No, he's another guy that. I mean, it's interesting because they're probably going to be using multiple tight ends. They still have Harrison Bryant there as well. So you could be frustrated that you get the the guy who duds, but they both had solid matchups. Hooper had five for 40, Harrison Bryant had four for 49. So both are not bad options. You're going to be banking that you get the one that gets in the end zone this week and up being, you know, a running back receiver and, and Dimitri Felton gets in the end zone on the screen. But 
yeah, I mean, Njoku's still there, so there's a lot of mouths to feed. But, but he's someone that I think has probably the most veteran pr- presence of the all of them there. Okay, and uh, finally, to round out the episode, we'll turn to our streaming options here. Uh, we'll be got Daniel Jones versus Atlanta, Teddy Bridgewater against the Jets, Darnold at Houston, Roethlisberger at Cincy, Jimmy G against Green Bay, and Eric Carr at Miami. Who are you interested in the streaming this week? Yeah, two that stand out to me, Daniel Jones against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense has been really bad, and, and this will probably be a pretty good test because we had the Eagles' offense look really good. We still don't really know where they're at. We had Tampa's offense look very good, and we know what they are. And New York's offense, I think this could this will you know maybe prove that Atlanta's defense is just really bad, or give us you know some clarification on on New York's offense as well. But Daniel Jones, as much as you don't you know really think about it, he is a rushing threat. So you're going to get those you know bonus fantasy points on the ground and this could be a shootout I, I do like the Giants defense as well as a streaming option we'll talk about them in a minute um, so maybe their defense shuts down Atlanta and it's not as much of a shootout but I like the shootout option there and then Darnold on, that's Thursday game Darnold at Houston though I think could be interesting especially with Houston's offense potentially really slowing down because um, Tyrod Taylor's now, word is he's going to be out about four weeks. So you're going to have a rookie making his first start on a short week here, Davis Mills. Um, so that could be interesting as well. Sam Darnold against Houston. Anything stick out to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of good matchups. Derek Carr um, at Miami is interesting. I think I'd probably put my yeah, bet on Carr is questionable too, though. He so is. Yeah, hurt, and Miami's defense is pretty good. Yeah, I think I'd put my bet on Bridgewater personally against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I trust him more than Daniel Jones. I mean, that shoot up potentials there, um, mm-hmm. but I'm more confident in Bridgewater and, and Darnold's good, but that could just be some CMC monster game or something. I could see the game's going to be weird because of everything you said. So just Bridgewater a little more. Bridgewater's my guy, but I mean, plenty of good options this week, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll flip over to streaming defenses as well. A couple of options here that stick out under 60% owned. Uh, the aforementioned Panthers at Houston on Thursday. Uh, once again, going up against a rookie quarterback. could be interesting. Cardinals at Jacksonville, 51% owned. And we have a couple of very low-owned uh, Titans at home for the Colts, possibly without Wentz. Giants uh, at home for Atlanta, as we mentioned, that could be a shootout. But if the Giants defense is a, you know better like we've seen, uh, that could be an interesting one as well. And the Raiders at home for Miami. Raiders defense looks better than I think we expected, and, and Miami could be without Tua. So potential injured QBs there. Uh, it's kind of the theme of this streaming defense. What are your thoughts on any of these defenses, Steve? Yeah, again, pretty good options. Uh, the Raiders interest me, but I don't think I could actually pick them just because there's just trust issues with the Raiders and me. I mean, it, they, every year it seems like they're good for half a year and then they suck. So I just, I don't want to roll the dice with them. I don't think I could pass up the Panthers defense, um, you know, against Houston, you got the rookie quarterback. You also have it on Thursday. So not only is he rookie, he's got no time to prepare. So, you know, that is a, uh, a good recipe for me. So I think I'd pretty easily go with the Panthers. Yeah. And I think, 
and I, I started them last week in our an hour league and with a matchup with New Orleans. I, I went elsewhere and, and played somebody else, but they had back to back good weeks here. So we could actually just be lining up for this Carolina defense just might be good. It might not be that they've had just easy matchups uh, with the New York, New Orleans, and now Houston. Maybe we'll find out the week after against Dallas, but I think this Panthers defense could be better than people think. So I like that matchup. Um, I do, like I said, if you really need a stream, I think the Giants are interesting as well, but I'd probably go with that or, or the Panthers. It's kind of the, the main option. Carolina, or, um, Carolina Arizona uh, against Jacksonville isn't bad either. That is fair. And that's going to take care of our waiver episode for the week. Uh, tune in on Thursday for our start sits. Uh, until then, folks, trust your board.